Every year, we try to slow down, to step away, and give ourselves a little bit of space from the online and digital world to enjoy the amazing natural world around us. This year, I'm super excited that I'll be taking a digital detox and rafting down Montana's Smith River. No internet, no cell phone, nothing other than a few rafts, few canoes, and a few buddies, of course, some amazing scenery. After that, we'll be hanging out in Montana a little bit, and then we'll be spending some really quality time in New Hampshire with Heather's family. So in order to do that, and in order to slow things down, what we've decided to do for the first time ever in Extra Pack of Peanuts history is run some of our favorite episodes ever as replays. We didn't want you guys to miss out. We know a lot of you love having a weekly podcast to listen to. So over the four weeks in August, we will be putting out four of our favorite episodes of all time of the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast. So we have 329 episodes at this point. So even if you're a super fan, you may have missed some of the older episodes. We're going to be putting them out here on the Extra Pack of Peanuts feed. And then in the very beginning of September, we'll be back with you creating new content. So we hope that you enjoy these gems of episodes, some of our favorite of all time. And of course, we hope that you enjoy the rest of your summer. Or I could go down to New Orleans, like we've done that for three days, just to right. get like just get, get away. away, get down to somewhere where it's warmer. Want to get away? I feel like a want. Southwest curve. Yeah, exactly. Want to get away? Only seventy nine dollars yeah. on Southwest. Bags fly free. <laughs> the extra pack of peanuts travel podcast, episode two ninety six. The average employee in Italy works just twenty hours per week making it the lowest of any Western country in the world. Hey, you need all that time to enjoy the good food and good wine? It's no secret that in the last six years, Heather and I's life has dramatically changed, and that has a lot to do with frequent flyer miles and our ability to travel around the world for almost free. You see... Back before we knew about frequent flyer miles, we were the type of traveler that a lot of people were. We would travel maybe once or twice a year. We'd pay hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for plane tickets. And we also would bring with us a ton, a ton of luggage. We were the people who were wheeling two big suitcases around the airport with us each just to go on like a seven-day trip to London. But all of that drastically changed about six years ago, and we started learning about frequent flyer miles and how we were able to fly for free. And we're going to be discussing all that in today's podcast. Another huge change was the fact that we decided we didn't want to carry that much luggage with us. It was just a pain in the butt. You were having to start to pay for checked bags, which you didn't want to do. And we didn't want to just lug this luggage with us all over the place when we were going on a trip. So we decided to cut down and only travel in just a carry-on. So now, six years later, not only are we using frequent flyer miles to travel and get plane tickets for under $100 no matter where we go, and don't worry, we're going to get into all that today, but we're also traveling with just a carry-on size backpack. And for me, that is the Tortuga Outbreaker backpack. So if you're like us and you're sick of wheeling around two big suitcases and being bogged down by your luggage when you're traveling, 
check out tortugabackpacks.com. They've got a lot of new products coming out and a lot of new ones that just did come out. So check that out. They've got the right backpack for anyone over there. I love the Tortuga Outbreaker backpack. And if you use the promo code EPOP, that's E-P-O-P, all capital letters, that'll get you 10% off anything that you order over at tortugabackpacks.com. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who is now affectionately going by the name of Uncle in our household. (laughs) The man, the myth, the legend, the one that everyone wants back on the podcast, (laughs) Mr. Napkins. What's up, Naps? Hey T, it's good to it's good to be here back on the uh, EPOP podcast. And like we said, we've got a little one in the house now. We have him. Well, not calling you Uncle Napkins because he's not speaking much. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Eight days in, and he's actually saying Uncle Napkins. Uncle Napkins. That, that might be the first words that he ever comes out of his mouth. But we've got Napkins back in the house. If you've been a veteran listener of the EPOP podcast, you've heard him on other past shows, including what's probably. I, maybe the number one show we've ever had, which is the yeah. Travel Meltdown show. It's definitely one of my favorites. It, that was a crossover episode. That was a crossover episode with the Zero to Travel podcast mm-hmm. and with Jason. That was the only time we've actually recorded with four people in the same room. So yeah. that was super fun. Yeah. Um, you came and did one that about... Was a blast. I don't know why we haven't done that again. We, I guess because Jay lives... In Norway. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the, the main hindrance. <laughs> you, Heather, and I can all get in the uh, same room, but it's Jay just not the same. Just not the same. We've come on. You've done a road trip, like, playlist Yeah, we did a playlist. Yeah while, yeah, while driving, I think, somewhere. Probably yeah. to the airport. It was... I forget where we were driving. Yeah. Know. So we've done we've done a few episodes and with napkins. Switzerland. Some Switzerland recaps. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Some Switzerland recaps. You guys have loved it. And it's always great to bring back on the recurring guest, Mr. Napkins. And if you like napkins, if you uh, hashtag... What, what do we have the last time? Love napkins. Hashtag love napkins. If you was. like this episode, you listen to it. Uh, and then we'll be able to wrangle him back on for more shows. Because we'll be like, look, all these people love you, man. You got to come on. So we're super excited to do today's podcast because... Because this is right in line with what we're doing a lot right now at Extra Pack of Peanuts. So as a lot of you know, if you've been a fan of the site and the podcast, a lot of it ha- started with frequent flyer miles. Mm-hmm. And that actually, it the site itself started it as was about. just a frequent flyer mile guide. right? And it's since turned into a lot more and we do general travel stuff and destinations and all that. But a lot of people still obviously want to know about frequent flyer miles because mm-hmm. that's the thing that has allowed Heather and I to travel around the world, to travel to over 50 countries and do it all usually for under $100 a flight. It, it's really the number one thing that allows us to travel around the world and spend a very little amount of money. So we naturally get a lot of questions about it. Yeah. So um, we're going do- to be doing a fun episode today where what we did was sit down, napkins and I, and we asked for Heather's input and things like that and kind of came up with the top questions that people ask us 
about frequent flyer miles. And the reason I wanted to have Napkins come on and co-host this with me and ask the questions is because, Napkins, you're in a similar boat to people who kind of when they first find extra pack of peanuts in that because you've been around us and in our ecosystem, Mm -hmm. you understand frequent flyer miles in theory. You've dabbled a tiny bit, but there's certainly a lot of unanswered questions. Absolutely. So we'll have napkins answering those questions. It's going to be a bit of a conversation as we go through, and we have taken and well, cold. I won't be answering them. Yeah, you won't be. That answering would be bad. Them. I yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> well, that that's what we should do. That'd be a pretty lame podcast. Uh, yeah, I'll ask you a question. You ask like, me the questions, and I will attempt to answer yeah. them. Uh, napkins, how? What should you do to keep your miles from expiring? Uh, use them. <laughs> yeah. So we're not going to be doing that. Napkins is going to be asking Keep them in me the, the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> Napkins is going to be asking me the questions. But again, these are real questions that we get over and over. So we went on our Facebook page. We went on some of the Q and A live Q and A's we've done, and we pulled out some of the main questions that a lot of people have. We're going to start with. We're going to go from a little bit of a basic understanding, and then get a uh, more advanced. And mm-hmm. again, all of this is because we're really starting to to push a lot with the frequent fire miles in the next couple weeks. Some of you are on our frequent fire master class, our um, travel hacking master class, which was great. We're also redoing our frequent fire boot camp course, and that is going to be coming out. Cross your fingers end of November. So if you listen to this live, wow. we've got a few weeks coming. It's been a long process. Actually, napkins, we're sitting here in the office. You can see around you all the... Um, oh, yeah. The the um, the lighting and the yeah the production the, the production equipment. Yeah. So in this office, we filmed, I believe it's 55 videos. I can't wow. remember. It was a lot. So we still have the lights up and things like that. So that will and be I'm coming out. I'm not in a single one. Not even as a prop. <sighs> Well, maybe shame. maybe we'll have to do video number fifty six. Yeah, fifty six. You may have to. If we get enough uh, hashtag love napkins, my ego. Then we'll ego then we'll throw you in a frequent fire a, a frequent fire boot camp <laughs> video. But that is coming out. So keep your eyes peeled on your on your email because we're going to be letting everyone know about that. It's completely redone. Frequent fire boot camp two Think you guys are going to love it, and that's coming out mid to end of November. We're hoping. Hoping, don't hold me this, to a Black Friday launch date. Wow. So, and, w- and if we do get it out on Black Friday, no matter when we get out, we're going to do some really cool promotions, give you guys some substantial discounts when it first comes out and things like that. So keep an eye on that. Naps, without further ado, I think we should start getting into some of these questions. Because we've got yeah. a laundry list of questions here, and I know people are chomping at the bit. Yeah. We're just going to kind of get into these questions, not necessarily do them in any specific order. But um, we were just looking looking over the ones that you generated and that you drew from your experience with people asking questions. And a lot of these questions are ones that I, I could definitely use refreshers with. And um, some of them that I noticed I d- didn't even think to ask, but would certainly uh, help me in my journey for better uh, travels, cheaper travels. So uh, the first one that stood out to me is basically, you know, not all of us fly a lot. So is it still possible for us to generate miles, to collect miles. I don't fly as much as I want to. I fly more than I used to, but it's still not a lot, especially in comparison with you. Yeah, and it's probably not enough for you to generate a lot of miles earned not just, just from, from flying. Nope. Right. And and so this is exactly the situation I was in. As you know, when I first started learning about frequent flying miles, I had, I had zero to my name in right. 2012. I remember it, it was pathetic time. For it you. was pathetic. Zero <laughs> frequent flyer miles to my name. Even, even though I traveled here and there because I just thought, well, I'm never flying enough to, to right. get a lot. Like, let's say I fly 6,000 miles to China. 
Okay. And then 6,000 miles back. Okay. 12,000 miles. Well, what does that get me? Not much. If I'm doing that once a year, it, it just takes so long for that to mm-hmm. add up. Mm-hmm. And hence, I didn't have any. So it seems to most people that it might be something that they're trying to get one over on you. Uh, it seems like it, like like they're kind of trying to swindle you if you're an outsider looking in to that program to like the the world of frequent fire mom yes you, mean. you, you wonder uh, what 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 do i have to do to get these right it is it's a little i, I always say that they make it hard on purpose because right. obviously they want your loyalty so when we talk about they we're talking about airlines and or credit cards we're going to talk well and i guess we should just get into that really quickly that's one of the big ways to earn frequent fire miles but credit card companies airlines they want your loyalty so they'll give you these points and these miles and you'll be like oh i've got all these or hotel chains i've got all these american airlines miles i've got all these chase points i've got all these marriott points oh i'm so loyal to them but they don't want you to be able to use them because if you use them that costs them money because they're giving you a free flight or a free night or what have you so it is it's this idea that they're they're trying to gain your loyalty by giving you something but then making it hard for you to redeem them. Hence yes. why I started extra pack of peanuts because I thought this is BS. Yeah, like, it's like I a tricky rebate. Yeah, system. exactly, exactly. So talking about ways to get frequent fire miles, most people who are in large amounts of frequent fire miles fall into two categories. One are the people who fly all the time for business or pleasure or whatever and they get a big chunk of miles from flying. That's not the people we're talking to right now. If you do that already, cool. I mean, that's that's like an add-on. But for me, for example, I've probably earned 4 million frequent fire miles and points in the last five years. 99% of those have come from not from flying. So yeah, I'll earn miles here and there from when I pay for a flight. But everything else has come from the two main ways that, that I earn frequent fire miles. The big one, which is probably... 85% of the, the miles that I earn is through credit cards. And that is, you know, a few different ways. One, you open up a good travel credit card, they give you a bonus. 40,000, 50,000, 75,000, up to 100,000. We've seen bonuses that high. So you get these bonuses for opening a credit card. That is a huge, huge chunk of miles. I mean, put it in perspective, you know, let's say a trip to Europe is 6,000 miles. Uh, one way, so 12,000 miles round trip, you know, you're doing that flight, what, six times yeah. to get 75,000 miles yeah. and you could get one credit card and yeah. get that. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of flying to, to in order to get those big chunks of miles. So credit cards, sign up bonuses, and then of course, spending on your credit card. Instead of paying cash, I'll go spend on my credit card. I'll pay the credit card off. Every dollar I spend, I get miles. So if I spend $30,000 a year, that's 30,000 miles. There's of course, bonus categories, with different cards, if you eat out and you have a card that gives you two points, we just went out for dinner, and I used the card that gives me two points, so I paid for napkins, of course, getting oh, yeah. miles, yeah. and uh, steal my miles. From that's me. right, that's right. So twenty three bucks, and we get forty six points. Is it you know again? If you spend a lot and if you have a business, this yeah. can get you miles really quickly. If you're just a normal everyday spender, you're looking at twenty to forty to sixty thousand points a year. Still not insignificant no, in any way, not at all. So credit cards is the big way to get points. And then um, online shopping is another way that I do it. And I don't do a ton of online shopping, but when I'm making big purchases, I go through a shopping portal for a credit card. And I won't get into how to do it here, but essentially just, well, maybe I will. I'll give you the quick and dirty way. Go to Google, type in Chase Online Shopping Portal or American Airlines Online Shopping Portal, whatever Mm -hmm. miles or points you want to earn, that'll take you there. It routes you to the stores that you want, like Nike.com or Apple.com, whatever. You buy something and you get some bonus points. That's great. So those are the ways that that if you aren't going to fly, and no, you do not have to be flying a lot to earn miles. I'm a great example of that. Um, 
I'll, I'll give you a little tangent too, because this question always gets asked. Mm. If I use my miles, and I'll see if you know this, I will ask you this question. If you use your miles, so let's say I have 60,000 American Airlines uh, miles napkins and I use it to book a flight, do I then get miles for flying on that flight if I used my miles to book the ticket and didn't pay for it out of pocket? I, I'm going to say yes. You would be wrong. Oh, <laughs> there we go. How no, unfair. So, yeah. So so the so if you use your miles to take a flight, you don't then earn generate miles, miles on your miles. Well. So we get asked that a lot. So most of the flying I do, I'm using my miles. So I'm not ever getting really miles for, mm-hmm. for flights. Only if you pay out of pocket mm-hmm. for those for those tickets. Okay. So so yeah, you can easily, easily earn hundreds of thousands or millions of miles even if you're not flying. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anybody who's listening can do that right away. Start and I guess we'll we'll get in. I think we'll get in. I think I saw later on there's some questions about which credit cards and things like that. So I should ask this as a follow up. So these portals, the shopping portals. If you're doing an American Airlines portal, um, I guess you have to have an American Airlines account, right? You have to right. have an American Airlines frequent flyer account. You don't have to have a credit. But you card, don't but have, you have to have a credit card. No. Okay. So you, you could basically just do that. Sign up. Do that tonight. Start sure. your start your Christmas or Hanukkah shopping. That's right. You yeah. you would you would get a frequent flyer number with American Airlines or or a number with Chase, whichever or Southwest, whichever portal you wanted to go and air miles with. You'd sign on to that, and then you know you'd route through them to the shopping portal. Yeah, and and because you signed into your American Airlines account, they would know which where to credit the miles, like okay. what number to credit the miles. That's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's something that I didn't know. Yeah, and I do it for big purchases usually. I don't do it for everything, but you that's can... the last time though that I'm going to say that's something I didn't know because they'll be saying it constantly. There you go. So I'm going to quit that. Here's another question that I think I know the answer to, but when I use my frequent flyer miles, will my flights be free? So I always want to. It would be so much easier for me, right? If I'm like, I could, you could fly around the world for free, right? Like just without the caveat of almost. But right. we have to say almost free. Because when you use your frequent flyer miles, you do have to pay taxes and fees. So, right, okay. Not to get too nerdy, but when you look at a flight, at, when you buy a flight out of pocket, it, you know you see the end price six hundred dollars. Yes. Involved in that is like airport fee because different airports charge different amounts. Uh, taxes, a nine eleven tax if you're flying in around the U.S. Um, blah 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 blah. Then like a base fare, which is like the biggest chunk of the ticket, right? The yeah. huge chunk, yeah. Which might be five hundred dollars of that ticket. So when you're using your frequent fire miles, you're not paying the fare. You do have to pay the taxes and fees. So on Southwest, that equates to five dollars and sixty cents because they have the only fee that they charge you is that nine eleven fee, which is five dollars and sixty cents for every single ticket in the U.S. Um, if you're flying to Europe, depending on the airline, you're looking at maybe thirty bucks in tax and fees upwards to. Uh, occasionally, it can be over a hundred, but that's if you're flying into an airport. That's a more expensive airport. London Heathrow is an expensive one for whatever reason, but typically you're you're paying under a hundred dollars internationally and then domestic it's like a 20 bucks or something so it's basically a necessary um uh, a necessary detail to explain but it's almost irrelevant almost irrelevant i mean essentially you're getting 90 to 95 percent off of a of a ticket so you are it's not completely free if it was it'd make a much better slogan for everything we do right but but you are paying, but paying five dollars instead of instead of three hundred or right. or tw- thirty instead of six hundred is right exactly. Uh, I mean, come on, it's peanuts. It's peanuts. <laughs> All right, so um, 
how do I know how many miles a trip will cost me? I know where I want to go. I have an idea of how many miles I have, um, but I don't know how much this trip is going to cost me, and I don't really know how to do the research. Right. And this is – so we talked about you're not paying cash, right? You're paying a little bit of cash for tax and fees, right. but you are paying miles. Right. And thankfully, there's a really, really cool website called miles.biz, M-I-L-E-Z dot B-I-Z, okay. that you can go and you can put in the airport you're leaving out of and the airport you're going to. And it will show you, and here's what's important to know, every airline gets to set their own rules. Uh So Because it's their program. So American Airlines gets to charge any amount they want for you to... Let's use the example of, say you're flying Philadelphia to... Where do do you want to go next, Naps? Give us a... a, Toscana. I want to go to Tuscany. Okay. So you're fine. <laughs> At first, I'm like, what? Well, you're fine. Yeah, I thought I'd pull my. You're flying Philly. Let's say you're flying Philly. My Giada impression. To, uh, to Florence, right? In the heart of Tuscany, one of my yes. favorite cities. Great sandwiches, mm. beautiful place. All right. So you're flying Philly to, to Florence. So American Airlines could say, hey, this is going to cost you 10,000 miles or 50 or 100. They, I mean, they set their own rates. Yeah. United gets to set their own rates, Delta gets to set their own rates. Uh, every airline and every program sets their own rates. So that's important to know because even though they're similar most of the time, they, they'll, they'll vary here and there. So for example, if you want to go Philly to Tuscany, American Airlines will charge you 60,000 miles round trip. Okay. okay? So 30,000 each way in economy. Okay. Business class, I, it used to be 100,000. I think it might still be there, but don't quote me on that. You uh-huh. know, and then obviously first class is more. So Sure. They charge you 60,000 miles round trip. United to Europe, same thing, 60,000. But I'll give you an example of a difference. If you wanted to go to Southeast Asia from the U.S., American Airlines is 70K uh-huh. and United is 80K. Uh-huh. They just have a difference in their award charts. So you used to have to go to every single, like, you used to have to go to United yeah. and see how much it was going to be and go to AA and see how much it would be. Thankfully, miles.biz, you put it in, and it'll show you every airline and their award charts, which is great. So it'll say, American Airlines will cost you this much, United will cost you this. It'll show you every airline out there, which is way more than you need to know. It'll show you like 50 airlines, 45 you'll never have to bother with because you're only worried about the U.S.-based ones and things like that. So go to miles.biz, and that'll determine it. Um, I should mention here, too, that it's also most airlines are zone-based, with the exception of British Airways... And and a few other minor ones, but American Airlines, United, Delta, they're all zone based. And what that means is, if you were to fly Philly to London, yeah, you're going North America to Europe. That's sixty thousand round trip. Okay, even though you're flying maybe five thousand miles total, and it might be direct. Okay. But if you're going from Vancouver to Istanbul, mm-hmm. it's twice as far of a of a flight, mm-hmm. you know, and and mm-hmm. you have to stop a few times. It's still North America. To Europe, it's still sixty thousand. So it's based on zones, and that's why. Well, that's you, nice, actually. It right? is. It is. It makes it easy, and it gives you. It allows you to get good value mm-hmm. because now all of a sudden, you know, maybe a Philly to London trip six hundred bucks. You're like, well, this I, I might pay out of pocket. I might not use my miles, but Vancouver to Istanbul is like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. So obviously, you want to use your miles for the ones that are more that are going to be more expensive if you pay yes. out of your pocket. Yeah. And so zone-based allows you so to So it's another that. way that it saves you money. Right. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yep, that's how you determine how many miles will triple cost you. Easiest way, go to miles.biz. But so you understand why you're seeing those prices, 
Um, and that way, if you do start picking up on clues, you're like, well, I know North America to Europe's always 60K. You don't have to go there every time. If you're on Philly to London or Philly to Paris, you're like, no, this is this is the same amount. Yeah. 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 So uh, thinking about credit cards and just in general, what, what kind of points and what kind of miles... What are the best miles to earn? What are the best points to earn? What are the best credit cards to do that do that with? Yeah, and so this is a question we get asked, obviously, a ton yeah. by by people who are just starting out and also people who have done it for a while, but then maybe are finding out that they're not doing it exactly right. And so when I get asked this question, I love it because I don't want someone to start off on the wrong foot. For right. example, when I first started, uh, the very first credit card I ever got went to do this well it was the very first credit card i ever got but it was also the very first credit card i ever got to do travel hacking sure and i got an alaskan airlines credit card because i didn't know that much and it's it's not a bad card but to me alaskan airline miles are pretty far down the rung of the best one so i got that and i thought this is great and i started doing some research i'm like whoops i should have gotten american airlines card yeah and then i eventually did and things like that so i want people to start off on the right foot getting because, A, I don't want you to start getting a ton of credit cards right off the bat if you're not used to it. Yeah. So you might as well get the best ones first, right? Because if yeah. you only want one or two, get obviously get the best ones. Right. So when I look at a hierarchy of points, I like to mention that it's like a currency, right, Nap? So, right. you know, it's not just the numerical value that you see. So if, if someone came to you, and, and this is sometimes where people get tripped up. Mm-hmm. They see like, oh, Delta's offering the $75,000 point bonus for this credit card. I got to get this Delta card. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, that's a good number, 75,000 points, big number. But we got to make sure that that Delta points are worth it for you. They might not be good for what you want to do. Yeah. So if someone offered me, uh, for example, 75,000 Delta points or 50,000 Chase points, I'd take 50,000 Chase points 100 times out of 100 because Delta... It's far down my rung because there's not great availability with Delta. I don't live near a Delta hub. So, I'm not, you know, it's good for people who live in Atlanta because Delta flies everything through Atlanta. So that'd be good. But as a whole, Delta has worse availability than United and American Airlines. So you want to look say at availability. You, you mean they're, they're, they're like open seats. Yeah. OK. Right. So like miles are only as good as the availability that they have. So you could have a million Delta miles, and if you can never find a seat, which we're going to get into next of how to do that, then they don't mean anything. So think of them as a currency. If I came to you, um, Naps, and I was like, all right, do you want 100 US dollars or 100 Japanese yen? Right. Obviously. Yeah, what would you tell me? uh, Obviously, I would like the uh, American currency. Right. And And if you didn't know, you would like... Do some research. You'd say, well, I don't have any idea how much 100 Japanese yen is. What can I buy with 100 Japanese yen? Mm-hmm. And you'd find out it's like one rice ball at the convenience store. Yeah, which would be uh, a which shame. Is, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, and you can buy 100 of them with yeah. 100 US dollars. Yes. So, exactly. So, you, you want to figure out the value of, of each point. So, speaking of the best ones then, for me, Chase Points are the creme de la creme, the top. They are the ones that I earn 90% of the time. Yeah. Um, they're flexible because you can transfer them to United or Southwest mm. or Marriott or Hyatt, yeah, but you can huge. also use them as cash. You can mm-hmm. use them two ways, and that's why they're so great. And they just they they're they're easy to earn. Mm-hmm. They're cards that are tied to them are good cards. So when I say ninety percent of the ones I earn are not only um, I mean when I go out and I pick which credit card I'm going to spend, yeah. I'm always using 
And, you know, this may change if you're listening to this like five years in the future. Obviously, take it with a grain of salt because there's going to be different credit cards. But right now, as we're talking in November 2017, the Chase Sapphire Reserve, the Chase Sapphire Preferred, which is like the reserve is just like the upper highest level of that card. Um, And the Chase Inc., which is the business version, are the three cards I use all the time. And these, so are the, it, these are the nice hard cards that everyone comments on. Yeah, those are the ones that you, you pull them out and people are like, oh, this is a nice metal card. And yeah, I'm like, a although card. nowadays people are like more and more people, people are, are getting them. Yeah, yeah. And I, more and more people have them. So yeah. I don't feel as important. No. But no. people but still comment though. They still do. I yeah. Actually, two days ago, someone was like, wow, this card is really heavy. I'm like... That's right. Yep, yep. Anyone can get it, but he doesn't know that. So, um, right, exactly. Yeah, I'll take that. You know, him looking at me like, why has he got this metal card? So, And she- they've stayed competitive. I mean, they've stayed... I mean, the, the, that's the card that you recommended to me, uh, I don't know, three years ago. Yeah, the, exactly. Thing. Chase has been the top now for three or four years. Yeah. Um, it used to... So, to, to run down a laundry list really quickly, and again, subject to change. So, if you're listening to this live... You know, take this for what it take this and and run with it. But if you're listening a couple months in the future or a year in the future, or anything like that, you're going to want to do some research wanna, to figure you're out. Want to do boot camp? Yeah, there you go. You're going to want to get boot camp. boot camp. The latest boot camp. But um, yeah, the best points. If I was just running through it, chase points, top of the top for me. Next after that are Starwood Preferred Guest Points. Mm-hmm. Though that's a hotel chain, but that hotel chain transfers to airlines, Ooh, most notably nice. American Airlines. So you can use them for like Starwood Preferred Guest Hotels, which are great mm. because a top Starwood hotel might be 25,000 points per night, mm-hmm. whereas a top Hilton is 90,000 Hilton mm-hmm. points. And mm-hmm. that's where that currency thing comes yeah. in. Like if you said, hey, do you want 70,000 Hilton or 30,000 Starwood Preferred Guests? Most people are like, well, 70,000. 70,000 isn't even getting you in the nicest Hilton, yeah, yeah. the Category 9, whereas 30,000 is getting you in the nicest Starwood Preferred Guest. So Starwood mm-hmm. Preferred Guest number two United Miles themselves, number three. I love United right? Um, Miles. They don't charge a fuel surcharge, which is um, a little more of an advanced thing that we're not going to get into today, but we talk a lot about in boot camp. But they don't charge a fuel surcharge. Mm-hmm. There's good availability with United. It's easy to search united.com. They're just the best airline point. Yeah. So I love them. Four um, would probably be Southwest, but that's kind of... That depends on the person. It's in flux. Well, it just depends. Oh, it like depends if you do a lot of domestic, what your goals are right. If you want to go to Travel Europe, goals. then Southwest points are literally meaningless because you can't go. Right. Um, <laughs> so Southwest could be really high or really low on someone's list, but I like them. Great for domestic travel. They're going to Hawaii in 2018. Hmm. They're going to the Caribbean. Hmm. They go to the Caribbean. Things like that. Um, five is American Airlines. They used to be way better, but their availability has really fallen off. They used to be like right up there with United. Availability's fallen off some. I hope it gets better. I don't see why it would, but um, they've started to take a little bit of a nosedive. And then British Airway points are in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very specific. They're great for like short-haul flights, but not great for going to Europe, uh, ironically. ironically yeah. So again, that's a little harder <laughs> point to use. And then Delta's at the bottom for me. Uh, American Express points are kind of probably in that five or six range. So they're the, not bad. The, 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 um, what did you say? British Air, the British... They're good for short hauls when you're already in Europe. So British Airways, I told you a lot are zone based, right? Mm. British Airways is not. It's distance based. So that means if you fly, for example, um, I use this a lot, Philly to Manchester, New Hampshire. If you don't know where Manchester, New Hampshire is, think of Boston. Okay. It's like a six, seven hour drive. Mm -hmm. So it's like a one hour flight. Um, I use that a lot to go see Heather's family up there because it's such a short flight. So British Airways... 
does local in the yeah. continental United States. Yeah, so this is, okay, and this is an interesting point. I mean, these are things that I don't know. Right, so this is an interesting sub-point here to this question is, wait, you're talking about British Airways, Trav. Essentially, I think what you're saying is you're talking about British Airways. I assume that but why the short are you ta- hauls that you talk, we're talking about were once you were in Europe, you'd be short hauling from one you Right, know, and so so this is a point that uh, that air, that... I didn't know in the beginning, and that makes frequent fire miles even more valuable. You're like, wait, why are you talking about short hauls in the U.S. on British Airways? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about using British Airway points, but I'm not talking about flying on, on British Airways, and that's mm-hmm. a big difference. So it's a thing called airline alliances. They are one of the best things to happen to flyers and especially for people using frequent fire miles, meaning there are three alliances. Star Alliance, which is the biggest one, and United is the American partner there. So um, that's the one you're going to deal with the most is is if you're doing United, Star Alliance. One World, which is American Airlines and British Airways, and then Sky Team, which Delta is the American partner, so I don't pay much attention to them. So what is great about Airline Alliances is, is you can take your British Airway points and fly on any partner in the One World Alliance. So when you're taking a short haul in the U.S., you're using your British Airway points, but you're not flying on a British Airways flight. You're flying on an American Airlines flight because British Airways doesn't have their own flights. And what is called is flying metal, meaning like when you're flying British Airways metal, it means you're flying on a British Airways plane. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like their flight. Mm-hmm. So they don't have that in the U.S. because Amer- they're partners with American right. Airlines, right. so they don't need it. So you're flying on American Airlines flight, but you're using British Airways miles. So if you have American Airlines miles, you can fly on British Airways, you can fly on Iberia, which is a Spanish airline, you can fly on Qantas, which gets you down to Australia and New Zealand, things like that. So you can use your miles for any airline in the alliance, which is key. So same thing with Star Alliance. If you have United miles... There are 28 other, 27, I think, other airlines you can fly on. You can fly on Lufthansa over to Germany. You can fly on Singapore Airlines or Thai Airways or uh, Air New Zealand or whatever because they're all part of the Star Alliance. So, Is there a good site to look up the alliances? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could type in Star Alliance um, into Google and it'll come up. Or you could type in Airline Alliances and the Wikipedia page lists Ah. lists the three main alliances. Imagine that, Wikipedia. Right, exactly. And that'll show you all all the... ones in there and then so you can, you can you know go from yeah, there you right see. you go from there you go from there and so british airways just to get back to that you're flying on american airlines flight but because there's distance based mm-hmm. it's such a short flight i'm paying only seven thousand miles to go a short haul one so they're good for short haul in the u.s also good for short haul in europe mm. not great for long haul because it, the distances get further distance, and you pay right. more points absolutely and again, that fuel surcharge thing that we, that again, it's a little complicated to explain on a podcast. That's why we do it in the boot camp with videos and I, I show you screenshots and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, British Airways charges a fuel surcharge on some of their flights, but not short haul in Europe and not short haul in the US. And so you, instead of, so then you're only paying those little taxes and mm-hmm. fees. So um, yeah, it's a great question. And, and I, it's cool that we brought up airline alliances because a lot of people, myself included, when I started, I was, was like, well, I I guess I have American Airlines miles. I just have to find American Airlines. But right. That would then cut out seventy percent of the globe. Like you'd they don't have, fly to. Right. You'd have to have Australia. a different card for every airline. Right. Right. And and you don't. Right. And that's actually really critical because it opens up um, transferability. Right. Uh, for for people who who may feel it actually makes you feel less limited. It's uh, way less limited. When you're making your decisions limited. about what cards to use, 
what shopping portals to use, et cetera. And essentially, that's why if you're listening and you're in the US, um, and this question comes up, so I might as well hit this really quick about is travel hacking only for people in the US? Um, I'm taking your job here, but I yeah, know yeah. that this, this, this is I a, get asked a relevant all the question. Time, is travel hacking only good for the U- people in the US? The answer is no, but I would say that it's much easier and better for people in the US than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Not even a close second, but a second is Canada. So it's definitely doable for people in Canada. You have your own credit cards. So so the reason it's better for people in the U.S. is we have so many different credit cards that offer so many points. And you cannot get those credit cards unless you have uh, you know, a work number in the U.S. Or, or a social security number or you live here, a resident number, whatever. Yeah. So if you're living in the U.K. and you're a U.K. resident and a U.K. citizen, you can't get American credit cards. Right. So... That's why travel hacking is much easier in the U.S. Second would be Canada. Their credit cards are kind of on the upswing while the U.S.'s are on the, like, we're on the downswing now. We're kind of leveling up or leveling out. Um, Australia and U.K. would be third. So still feasible. There's still decent credit cards out there. It's just going to take you longer to get those points. Mm -hmm. And then everywhere else makes it really difficult. So that's why when people ask me about the boot camp, if they're from different countries, I say, like, definitely yes for people in the U.S., Canadians have come and taken it and, and gotten a lot of value out of it. So that's it's possible. It just might take you a little longer. UK, Australia, that's then we have to talk. All right. Then if you're able to fly a lot and get miles that way, then it might be worth it. Okay. But if it's just you trying to get credit cards and things, it becomes a little more difficult. So um, travel hacking isn't just for people in the US, but you either have to, you know, US, Canada, UK, Australia, I'd, I'd say are the four that can really do it. And that, or anyone who who does fly a lot and is earning a lot of miles flying, then of course you can pick up miles and and use the travel hacking and learn how to use your miles and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. I would just say then with the U.S. like we we're saying, um, the credit cards. Uh, just to wrap it up, we were talking about what type of miles and all. That's why it's so great if you're living in the U.S. You really only have to focus on chase points. Yeah. Slash United Miles. I mean, because Chase does transfer to United. That's why I like them more because they transfer one-to-one. So if if I had 50,000 Chase points, I could make them 50,000 United. But I have the ability to use them for other things. Um, But Chase points slash United Miles or American Airlines Miles, you focus on those few and and you're going to get 75% of the trips, probably even more. You're probably going to get 90% of the trips that you need taken care of just with that little bit. So you don't have to go and scatter miles all over because mm-hmm. you have an airline mm-hmm. alliances. And I'll be honest, I the 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 um the credit cards that you suggested like the top 2 that you suggested to me uh, I don't know 3 3 to 4 years ago, those are the ones that stuck in my mind. So I didn't even think about like uh, especially because at that time I was thinking f- uh, international flights, right. but there are plenty of of local flights that 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 I will take and want to take. And I mean, who doesn't want to go to Manchester, New Hampshire? Like, I, who? I mean, at least why? once a year. At, at least. Well, I mean, I go on average at least six at, times a year. At I least just can't get enough. At least. I mean, if it's, I'm not there every two months, the best. I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, in terms of British Air Airlines, is it British Airways or British, British Airways? Airways? British Airways. In terms of like, is, is there is there a card for British Airways? Or are they yes? Do they have? Are they allied with it with a credit card company? Yes. Or do they have their own card? They have a card, and it is. Another chase card, and this is another important point. I love that uh, so many of these open up little tangents, right? Uh, like it's a question that then leads to something else. Right. There are three types of points. There are airline miles, which pretty self-explanatory. 
you earn American Airlines miles, mm-hmm. and those live with American Airlines. Yep. You earn British Airways points, those live with British Airways. You earn Delta miles, those live with Delta. Hotel points, exact same thing as airline miles, but with hotels. Marriott points, they live in a Marriott account. Yeah. Hilton points, they, they live in a Hilton account. And then there's a third type of point, which is called, I, I mean, I call them bank rewards points. Okay. And this would be those chase points yeah. or American Express points. So they might transfer to an airline or a hotel, but they live in your Chase account yeah. or your American Express account. Mm-hmm. So those are the three types of points. And to okay. get back to your question then, Chase has a British Airways card. So when you open it, so they have it. It's for U.S. people. Uh, it, it usually has a pretty good bonus, 75,000 to 100,000 points. You know, I've gotten it. it it's, it's a great little bonus if you know how to use British Airways points. So even though it's it is aligned with a bank, so you ask, is it with a bank or do they have their own card? And the answer is both. It's its own card. It's aligned with a bank because it has to be. It has to be because that's issues <laughs> credit cards, right? Right, like British Airways isn't giving you money. Yeah. It was a city a silly question. After I asked it, it wasn't phrased exactly the way it wanted right. it to be. So, so, and I think that's what we're getting with the bank rewards point. So it has to be aligned with the bank because they're lending you money. So the bank unless is you, lending unless you, money. you st- unless you store a bunch of cash in a. In a safe in, in, a, in British a, Airways <laughs> office, right? Um, so there, it's a Chase British Airways card. So Chase is the bank that's tied to, but your points live with British Airways. Yeah. If you get that Chase Sapphire Reserve card that I mentioned earlier, is my favorite. That's aligned with the Ch- Chase Bank as well, but your points live with Chase. Yeah. So anytime you get a co-branded card, that's what it's called. That's like a bank. And a hotel, or a bank, and an airline. Say the say the, the word again. Co-branded. Co-branded. Okay, yeah, because okay. it's like, hey, yeah, it's a sense. bank and something else. Mm-hmm. It's a bank and an airline, a bank and a hotel. Gotcha. Your points live with that airline or mm-hmm. with that hotel. Mm-hmm. Anytime you get a bank reward card, then your points live with that bank. Yeah. And that's Chase or American Express or uh, Barclays has their own thing, or Capital One. Right. Okay, those are bank reward points, and those live with the bank. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's get into this. We're, we're talking um, about these uh, these different uh, cards that we utilize to create or to generate uh, miles. And what, once we have miles, so say I have 100,000 American Airlines miles, and I also have, say, 100,000 British Airways miles. Can I combine those together? I mean, you're saying they live in British Airways and they live with American Airlines, but can I combine it right. together? And, and I love that you're using the term live with because it it, it helps delineate the fact that, no, you can't. Like, yeah. they're living in their own sphere. sphere. They're living in American Airlines. They're living with British Airways. They can't com- be combined. So even though they're the same alliance... Because that confuses people sometimes. They're like, well, but American Airlines and British Airways are in the same alliance. Yeah. I'm like, yes, that allows you to travel on their planes, right? But you can't combine their points. So, okay, if you have, so the short answer is no. You cannot combine miles between accounts. So you can't say I've got a hundred thousand AA, a hundred thousand British Airways. I'm going to combine them into this super account. I have two hundred thousand. No, you're going to go to your American Airlines account. And book a flight using your 100,000 American Airlines miles, you're going to go to British Airways, book a flight using your 100,000 British uh, Airways points. So you can't combine them in between accounts. Okay. Not to get too confusing, but the only 
thing that's different than that is when you have those bank reward points. Okay. And that's where that comes in. You have chase points. Chase allows you to transfer out of a bank, Chase, to an airline. Right. United. Which they would have to do because Chase doesn't have... An airline right. of its own. So the co-branded cards, and when you so just think of it, where just always think, where are my points living? Yeah. And if they're living with an airline or hotel, that's where they are. They can't yeah. be transferred. They can't be combined. Nothing like that. If they're living with a bank, you can transfer them to certain partners. Not all of them. Like obviously with Chase, like Chase cannot transfer to American Airlines. So they only have certain ones they can transfer okay. to. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's basically think of it as. You can't you can't go into a convenience store here in the in the United States and spend your yen, right? So exactly, you, yeah. So exactly, but if there was an ATM outside, which is like the bank rewards points that allowed you to convert it, you mm-hmm. could convert it and then go in and spend it. That's a yes. Dang, well, I just drew, you're a teacher. That's a great analogy, hey, man. I'm just drawing on your earlier analogies, please. Uh, I that's please. a great way to think that's about all it. You. Yeah, you can't spend currency in another country. Yeah, right, right. right. So personally, I've done a little bit of this, and I've found that you know when you're a newbie and you're trying to uh, you're trying to make EPOP proud, you might go on and start looking for uh, flights, and you want to use your miles to get a flight. You want to go for you want to be paying nothing but the bare minimum of fees, but availability is a huge problem and it can be really discouraging you get on there and you know it's like tv's on family's talking you're just trying to find that flight that dream vacation which is in the future and you can't find it and it really ticks you off and discourages you and you're like i got all these miles they're just sitting there yep they're they're living in the little wherever and they're just imaginary yeah i can't make them happen this is this is where the rubber meets the road, really, because a lot of people and a lot of stuff that we talked about in the beginning was like foundational stuff and then earning miles, right? And now we're getting the using miles. And so people, after I sit down and explain to them for like whatever, 30 minutes, here's how to earn miles, they get it and they can, all right, I'll get one card and they get it. And, and that's fine because it's not that hard to understand once you have the basics and you sure. know alliances and mm-hmm. all the stuff we just mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. But then you have to be able to use them. Right. And this is where a lot of people give up, and this is what the airlines and the banks they want count you on to it. do. Because- and it's also what makes people think, "Oh, this was a scam." Yes, because then they say, "Listen, my miles are sitting." I, I can't tell you how many people I I say, "You know, you should be using miles," because now that I've been using miles, I see the the benefit of it. I I get on the ground in somewhere like Disney, where I love to be, and I've got all this extra money to use. In the park, right? That I didn't have to use in flying. You can and buy is, that thirty-five dollar hamburger. That's exactly or that right. ten dollar right. Mickey well, Mouse ice in. cream bar. I pack in. Right. I, I'm talking. There's other things I want. to We need a I, Disney <laughs> Tips podcast yeah, with napkins. We do. So, um, and I'll be going in in January, right. uh, and we'll be using frequent flyer miles, and our flight will be practically fl- free. And what we do on the ground is uh, use the money we saved right. uh, for our vacation, which yep. is awesome. And this is where people get discouraged. And yes, I can't tell but, you how many people... I add that to say you get discouraged, but if you navigate it and if you do some of the things that Travis is probably about to tell us, then you can this the, then you will be reaping the, the, the really huge rewards. Yeah, and so... Exactly. There's two there's two types of people when I start talking about frequent fly miles. Like those who get super excited like I did in the beginning, like, oh, 
wait a second. I've I've kind of heard that people might be able to use them. Someone's going to give me like the secret sauce, right? And I'm going to get to do it. And they get they just nerd out, yeah. And not even nerd out. I guess there should be three types of people. The ones that like really really nerd out about like me because when I first found out about it, I fell down the rabbit hole, started a blog and a podcast about right. it. Obviously, started got about as nerdy career. a whole career about it. But and Which so they awesome. they're like I've gonna I found this loopholes I'm gonna take advantage other people who just want the deals love it yeah. like are so excited that they're gonna be able to do this second type of person is people like my mom who's like hey like I understand it help me out a little bit I I it's a means to an end mm-hmm. yeah I don't want to get too too nerdy about it um but I do like the value of it I yeah, want to be able to fly money. for free right oh yeah and so they're like willing to give it a shot if like you help them out a bit and that's you know free boot camp is for those t- two types of people the people who really want to fall down the rabbit hole and the people are like hey look I just want to get a base level where I can start booking some flights and see some and, and see, see some, some results yeah and then the third type of person is people who are like oh no I've tried to use them before it's a scam they just shut down and I'm right. like okay that's fine well, yeah. Right. And I get that. that because I understand that. I totally do too. Because if I hadn't nerded out about it and persevered, I would have thought the same thing. Right. Because they, that's what they're banking. But the on. first time you, it works and you take a trip and you realize all the money you have in your pocket that you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have had. And you realize that you practically flew for free. Yeah. To get there. All of a sudden the world kind of opens up to you. It, it really truly I does. I mean, that sounds like really hyperbole. It, but when you realize, wait a minute. I've been to the 50 flight, countries, man. The world has literally it's opened up. It's not hyperbole. The flight, when you realize that you can that you can get in the air for a negligible price, then you can focus on the location. Yeah. And you're not like, "Oh, is this going to be $700 or should we fly here cuz it's it's 600?" You know, I mean, and most people the barrier to getting somewhere like you can look online and see these beautiful pictures of these places that you've wanted to see for years, but the barrier in your in your mind is getting there right once you're there you know you, you're gonna figure out what to do right but it, it's 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 flights man and mm-hmm. and to a lesser extent accommodations which which sure. work i know we're talking about freaking fire miles but hotel points work exactly the same way so yes. everything we're saying for miles can be done with accommodations yeah. the reason i don't talk about it as much is because accommodations have a lot of other options right you can yeah. airbnb you could stay at hostels you could stay at guest houses you could house swap with people and and you know so like there's a lot of ways to get accommodations cheaper without hotel points obviously i recommend if you're doing this you know there's no reason not to start getting hotel points as well right but there's accommodations there's a bunch of options to cut your costs Mm -hmm. flights there's not really a bunch of options you're either using frequent fire miles yeah or you're paying out of pocket and and there's some ways that i teach people to get cheaper paid flights but you're still it's still a chunk of money, yeah. no matter there what. There aren't hostile level, uh, right? Right, <laughs> airlines, right? And they, I mean, there's like budget airlines now, but you know, they're not always flying where you want to go, right. and it's they're it's mostly more specific. They're mostly not international, right? I no, mean, well, I mean, international. They're not long haul international. Like yeah. you go to Asia, and Air Asia sure. flies international, but it right, might right. be Thailand to Bali, sure. and it's like four hours. Right now, they are starting to be a lot more. Um, and I love the tangents of this, but we're just sorry. But no, it's great. This is why I love having a conversation about. It. There right. are ones that are coming in the U.S. A lot of people have probably seen Norwegian Air, yeah. Wow Air, uh, between Europe and the U.S. That there's uh, there's starting to be a lot of competition there, which is great. Yeah, because that's great. The budget airlines then force the legacy carriers, is what we call them. The you know your Uniteds and Lufthansas mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. British Airways. The big carriers to knock their prices down because they're yeah. like, well, we they got to compete, right? Right, right? That being said, you know, it's still okay. Wow Air does Boston to 
Iceland and maybe Washington, D.C. to Iceland and maybe Chicago to Iceland, but that's three cities in the U.S. to Iceland. Right. And you don't live near any of them, right. you know, you need other options. Yeah. So, And I would think that that's not going to hurt. The competition is always good because it's not going to, it probably won't hurt. I'm thinking it probably won't hurt rewards programs and miles programs right. because they reinforce loyalty, which is right. what a company wants when competition is coming. Exactly. Exactly. So to, to get back to the original, like, hey, I've tried to use them and yeah. I don't know how. Yeah, I can't book. Yeah, and I can't book. It's usually because people, it's two specific things. They don't know where to look, and they don't know when to look. And, you know, it's it's simple in theory. Hey, you got to know where and when. Right. But obviously... It's, right place at the right time. Right. But obviously, you, there's there's a lot of tricks here. So, again, we said the airlines make it hard on purpose. I'll give you a great example. American Airlines has, I believe, 15 or 16 partner airlines. Uh-huh. When you go to American Airlines and try to use your miles to book... Yeah. It will only show you, as of this recording, I believe eight of the partners on their website. Yeah. So for so it will not so it'll show you pretty decent availability to Europe, but it's it it gets really bad when you try to go to Asia or right. or certain airlines or certain areas because it's it doesn't show those partners. Mm-hmm. Why? Like the technology is there for them to be able to pull sure. all the availability from all sure. their partner airlines because guess who can do it? Right. When you call in American Airlines, you talk to a rep, they can help you book uh. it. So they can do it. They have a database, but they're not their forward-facing site aa.com is not showing you. So if you were if you wanted to go to Bangkok, you could sit there and you could type in Philly to Bangkok over and over and every day and you would not see availability because it's not mm. showing you the airlines that are going to take you over there. Yeah. Or it's showing you one of the four so you're you're just, you know, like yeah, yeah. you're not seeing anything. So that is one of the reasons why I really like United because United's website shows you almost all the partner availability. I believe there's yeah. one it doesn't show, but for example, and there's 28 airlines. So if it shows 27 out of 28, you're pretty good. Yeah. So when we talk about where to look with when you get United miles, it's pretty self-explanatory. You can go to united.com. Now there's a few little tips and tricks if you're looking for like business class or first class. Sometimes you can't find on united.com. You have to do some like. This is really falling down the rabbit hole. Like, use some crazy tools that I know of to like really pull the the data. But for the most part, United.com is going to show you. But with AA miles, like I said, you go there and you're not seeing anything. You're like, I give up. I give up. I'm done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you have to know where to go. So, for example, with One World, which is the alliance that AA is part of, if you want to find, you would go to their partner, Qantas, which is the uh, Australian. it's either Australian or New Zealand. I, it, it's Australian. Um, and if I'm wrong, then it's New Zealand. But I think it's Australian. <laughs> um, but it's the Australian partner in yeah. One World. Their system, like when you go to Qantas.com and you log in, and it, it's a little, it's not that user friendly, unfortunately. But when you log in and you do and you search for availability, they will show all the availability for all the partners. So what you have to do is search on Qantas, you find the availability, you write down the flight numbers, or you keep it up on your computer, you screenshot it, whatever, and then you have to call American Airlines and say, hey, I'm trying to book this flight, and here are the ones that I found. I found it on Qantas, so I know there's availability, and it's just a whole hassle. Yeah. And they make it hard it on purpose. Sounds really old school. So, I mean, it's, it's, and it's not, is it worth doing it to, to save $800 on a flight? Certainly. Yeah. Do you get much faster at it? Yes. Is it as hard as I dis- as it sounds? 
the first couple times, yeah, but after that, you're like, no, I go to Qantas. Okay, I know how to log in. I know what their menu looks like. Blah 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 blah. blah. Right. I mean, it sounds like the first couple of times, especially if you're not somebody who likes to who who likes to really dig in to these efforts, you could be pulling your hair out. But right. I think in the end. The results make it worth it right. uh, to kind of put yourself through the schooling. And that's one of the things, and that's why we actually created boot camp, was the idea that, hey, if you spend, like I always said to people, if I could sit you down for four or five hours and teach you everything I knew about frequent fire miles, you would have eighty, probably 80% of my knowledge. Now, you, it wouldn't all process right sure. away. You wouldn't. Uh, it's not like we're putting like uh, a chip Download. in your brain like Download. Matrix. And, but you'd have... In four or five hours, you have 80% understanding where you could at least start booking some flights. And yeah. then there might be more complicated ones that you'd like have to ask questions about or do some research. But that's all it really takes to get you to a level that, that you can start doing something and start yeah. doing a, a decent amount of stuff, actually. Right. And that's why we created Boot Camp because we're like, I could teach this in four or five hours. And instead of someone spending months, like I did, on blogs and in forums and trying to figure it out... Right. I don't want them to have to do like that's right. stupid. Why? Why if I already know it and I like teaching it, shouldn't mm-hmm. I be able to do it? So that's what we do. Like I'll take you through Qantas's website. I'll show you where to click. I'll show you why to click it. I'll show you what it means. So that's in essence what we do at Bootcamp. So we talk about where to look. That's that's one of the things you have to know where to look. Uh, with Star Alliance United pretty good. A uh, One World AA is okay for certain things. British Airways. BA.com is okay for certain things. Qantas is good, but it's a little hard to use, but mm-hmm. it's good. And then there's a tool that we talk about in Bootcamp too. That's a free tool up to a point. And if you're not searching all the time, it, it usually is free for everyone. Called Award Nexus. That again, the user interface is it's like old school. Like you could tell it was built by programmers yeah. that didn't really care about how it looked. Right. But it shows you award availability for all the airlines, and you can put in your dates, and you can search on One World and Star Alliance and all that stuff. So that's another thing that we dive into bootcamp, but it's it's a pretty powerful tool that'll save you a lot of time and hassle. So if you know those things, where to look, then you got to figure out when to look. And um, it's interesting, Naps, because I thought availability was like linear when I first started, Mm -hmm. right? Like, okay, they open up, let's say, if, I, I never know. I should always look this up before I do talk about But let's say if an airline, how, how many seats does a regular international flight have on it? Do you have any idea? I have no idea. Should we say like 350? Yeah, that okay. sounds good. Let's say, I mean, I have no idea. We could, you know right. me in numbers. But, but let's say, I know NAFCA. They have 600,000 seats on <laughs> Yeah, right, right. So let's say there's 350 seats available on, on a, like, just on a flight, there's 350 seats. So in the beginning, they'll open up not all of them for frequent, for people using frequent fire miles. And that's called an award ticket, A-W-A-R-D, award ticket, when you book with your frequent fire miles. So if I say that, you'll know what I mean. They, they don't open up all 350 for award tickets. They might open up 150. Mm-hmm. And then the other 200 mm-hmm. are there for people who are going to pay. Yeah. Um, and with business class, it's even smaller numbers. And first class is even smaller. But you, you get the idea. And then I always thought it was just linear. All right, they open up 150. Then, you know, let's say 10 people booked the first day. There's 140, 130, 120, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they're constantly changing it. Okay. Same as, and, and this will make sense to people if they haven't used frequent fire miles, but they've booked flights before. You know how the price, the, the actual ticket price of, of an airline goes up like 
it's like a roller coaster. It goes every yeah. hour or two. It's changing. Right. 700, 650, Especially if you just, if you, if you logged in the second time that day. Right, right. And they cash your cookies and, they, and yep, things like that. Yep, yep. Um, so it, it's, it's similar. It doesn't change that drastically with frequent flyer miles, but it's similar where it... It starts off with a certain amount, and then it dips. Maybe they, they see a lot of... It's all based on algorithms. Oh, a lot of people are booking this. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take those frequent fire mile seats away because they'd rather have... Their first thing is they sure. want a paid customer. Absolutely. Second, far Accommodate below that would be, would be, yeah, people using their frequent fire miles. And third, the worst case scenario is like no one in that seat. Right. So if they see a lot of people and a lot of demand, they're going to like... They're going to start taking some of those seats away. And if they... So... All that is to say it's a roller coaster. It's not yeah. linear. So you should keep checking. You shouldn't check once and say, oh, it's not there. It's never going to be there and give up. Keep checking. That being said, there are two specific times that you should, that kind of will give you the best chance of finding a flight. One, and I, 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 these are my names for them, and I don't make them difficult to understand at all. The 330-day rule. Okay. When should you look? How, how many days in advance? 330 days in advance of your flight. <laughs> exactly. And the six-week rule. Six weeks in advance of your flight. There you go. So 330 days, most airlines release the first set of tickets 330 days out. Um, British Airways, again, I think is funky in that they do it like three, one exact, like 365 days. I think it's oh. them. But most airlines are 330 days out. So if you're looking to travel... In October of 2018, you start looking November 2017. There's even, you can go on Google and type like uh, d- days out, you know, like uh, something like how many days out is this? And it'll give you a date, okay, right? Yeah. Because it's not always exactly sure. October 28th, November 28th. Sure, sure, you know? sure. So um, this is really important if you're looking for stuff that has super, is super popular. difficult, super popular. So um, big time world events, the Olympics. The World, World Cup, Cup uh, other things that aren't sports related that I can't even think about because all I really care about is sports. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. What are some other political events, maybe? I suppose. Rallies. National, uh, conventions. I mean, conventions. Eh, eclipse and eclipse. <laughs> yeah, an eclipse in Portland. What else I, who knows? What, the hell, what else happens that's worthwhile? What else happens in the world that's worthwhile other than sports? But um, Festivals, I guess. Yeah, you know. big, big things. And uh, like that, and or. Places, places, Disney World in Orlando. and yep, and in different and in certain seasons, right? Yep, yep. So most places in the world around Christmas time and New mm-hmm. Year's because people mm-hmm. are just traveling all over. Um, June, June through June through August, August in Europe, especially, mm-hmm. and coming back to America because that's when Europeans and um, people from the states travel back and forth in their own countries mm-hmm. and across the across the pond there. Um, you know, going to South America in our winter, their summer, or Mexico, going, you know, stuff like that. Those aren't as big. I mean, the real big one is Europe in the summer. Everyone wants to go to Europe in sure. the summer. Um, but you want to start looking 330 days out. When I first, when I wanted to go to the World Cup in Rio, which unfortunately I ended up not going to because I got sick, but I knew I, the day that I wanted to go, and I went on British Airways' website three exactly 330 days out that morning. I booked a direct ticket from JFK to Rio de Janeiro. It cost me $5. Oh. Um, my buddy who booked it, David, who you know, spent $2,300. Oh, I'm like, gosh. 
dude, uh, yeah, I, I told him, like, I'll pay for some of your beers down there in Brazil, but you should have taken my advice two years ago when I told you to get frequent flyer miles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, just exactly 330 days out because it was the opening day of the World Cup, and I knew dude, this is going to be a madhouse there. Yeah. I went on the next day just for my own curiosity to see if there was any tickets for that day. The 329 days out, nothing. Nothing. So it, it's not that you have to book 330 days out. It just really helps. Yeah. Um, six six weeks, weeks kind of happens. That's a little more fluid. It's not exactly six weeks. But at the six-week period, the airlines get a pretty good idea of who's going to buy a ticket. Not that yeah. many people buy tickets for travel within a six-week window of their departure, except yes. if it's like business or last-minute stuff. Yeah. So they have a good idea of how many seats they have left. And so they'll open up, if they have a lot of seats, they'll start opening up chunks for frequent fire miles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, that's not a hard and fast, like, oh, exactly in six weeks they let them off. But think about, but be thinking about window. the logic. Yes. The, the idea that once they know who's who's already booked and they have an idea of, of who of the likelihood of who's going to, they're going to try to be giving getting someone in that seat. Right. And they're going to try to be motivating and they might kind of be putting out the you know the the, the dog whistle to the uh the dog whistle. The yeah. dog whistle to the um Her tweet. Yes. Get in here frequent yep. fire mile yep. peeps. Yep. Yep. Loyalty people yet you've been you've been wanting to go to Asia. Let's yeah. let's let's make it happen. Yep. So where and when to look are are very important. Um I will say with when just again to hit this home don't think that you should, because I give this advice and people are like, oh, well, should I wait to look at six weeks then? I'm like 12 weeks out. I'm like, no, yeah. like, look now, there might be something. I'm not saying there, it's not like those are the only two times. Continue to look, yeah. but just know in your head, 330 days out gives me a good chance, but I'm usually not that organized though. Right. The real time was the only time in my life I've ever been that organized. Yeah. And then I ended up not going not anyway. Going. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. But, you know, so start looking for that, but then know six weeks out, they might release up. So keep looking continuously like, oh, okay, every week, keep looking, but know that don't give up at 12 weeks or 10 weeks or eight weeks. Like continue to look because they they will release stuff. Yeah. I think this is a good point to mention before we um, continue uh, with some, some, some other questions uh, is that with frequent flyer miles, being flexible is also, I think, helpful because if you decide that you want to give it a tr- you want to give some place a try, I mean, you were going to Rio for five dollars, right? So it's like, what's the worst that can happen, right. on the ground? I mean, well, Rio, a lot of things can happen, sure, but um, especially if you swim in in the uh, bay, right? But right. um, but uh, in general, once you get on the ground, if you can find a place to stay. You've not lost much, right? Right. You so kind of getting flexible with with your th- with the thought process of traveling and thinking if I could go to Rio for five bucks, I'm gonna make I'm gonna be there. Maybe I'll be there for a week. How much can I lose? You don't put as much pressure on a vacation. Yes. You don't. It doesn't have to be a once in a like that. The biggest thing for us with frequent fire miles is nothing is really once in a lifetime anymore. Yeah. In in a good way. I mean, we we love when we're there and we think, hey, we're lucky. We might not ever be able to come back here. But it, you know, we've taken fifteen once in a lifetime trips right. over the last five years, right? Because we can just do it. We, right. you know, we money isn't holding us back. We're able to do it. So we're like, uh, you know, so I, th- I think that's a really great point that it just allows you to really broaden your horizons to, to do some stuff you might not want to do. You're talking flexibility on top of that. 
flexibility in that if you do book with frequent flyer miles, a lot of times you can cancel and get your miles back. It might be a hundred, like with, with British Airways, actually it's only, I only had to pay the $5 to get my miles back. They're very lenient. Oh, that's nice. You only pay the taxes and that's fees. Really nice. Most airlines, unless you have um, status with them, it'll usually be about $150 to change a date yeah, yeah. or to get your miles back. Still not the end of the world. No. If you paid $1,000 for a ticket and you wanted to change it, it's probably going to, it's, you're either going to be out the thousand dollars. They're going to charge you an arm. Like with frequent fire miles, it's usually like, "Hey, you want to change a date? Might be 150 bucks. Sometimes it's free, depending on the airline. But might be 150. Or, hey, I want to cancel. I want my miles back. Pay 150 bucks. So you have flexibility there. And just touching on the flexibility topic, the cool thing with uh, we're talking about availability with frequent fire miles is also that if you can't find availability to a certain place, uh, oh, you want to go Philly, like you wanted to go Philly to Florence, right? And after you wanted to go to Toscana. Toscana. So you're like, all right, well, I can't find anything to, Tus- or to Florence because it's, it's a pretty small airport. Mm-hmm. So, you know, think outside the box. All right, could I fly into Milan? Yeah. Hmm, Milan's only like a three-hour train ride. Or could I fly into Rome? Rome's, I don't know how long Rome is, maybe a little longer of a train ride. Um, we've done it, I can't remember. But, you know, there's with that just tied into that, same as when you look for paid flights, also keep that in your head for frequent fire miles. Just because there's not something into Florence doesn't mean there won't be something into Milan. And of course, if you save the money on the flight, then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I can take that train trip down, that $50 train trip between Milan and Florence. Sure. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm with you, man. It, it's, it just opens up. It, it, it opens up a completely different mindset around travel Yeah, when you're not paying thousands of dollars. Spend, right. Whether you're a single traveler only paying for yourself, or you have a family, especially, you know, you have family of four, five, six. I mean, you're trying to get flights. Right. That's like yeah, five months I, of I a paycheck. Even, I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can't either. I don't even know. Once my kid's older than two, I'm going to be like, oh, dang. Man, yeah. You don't fly for, for free. The, the miles. Yeah, so. the miles. Uh, yeah, and I mean, and, and I'm thinking about, you know, maybe, maybe someone who really, really has always wanted to travel. They always find themselves sitting at home during those weeks that they know are coming up. They look at their calendar. I know I've got a week of vacation coming up in a year. I want to do something with that week. I don't want to just sit around and, you know, but it's a risk. So, but if you do what you did and you book 330 days out and you, I mean, even if you don't know if it's, if it's, you know, a big event or whatever, I mean, if you get sick, you get sick, you know, but what what are you going to lose? It, and it, and it, and it and it can help push you out the door when it's exactly. like less than the price of a fast food meal to, right. to book the to book the plane. It, it really does. It removes excuses. It does for a lot of people. It does. And sometimes that's. I mean, that's. I would say that's a lot of my experience with people that I've traveled with or people that I've talked to about travel is once they get on the ground, they're like. I realized that what was inhibiting me from doing this great thing that I'm now loving was just those 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 technicalities, the logistics, uh, and and they became excuses that turned into something bigger. Right. Where where all of a sudden travel is this nebulous idea that like only rich people can do. Right. And um, but once once you go through these motions of 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 saving the miles. And of watching, um, watching a flight that that could be six hundred dollars become five five dollars, it's a super motivating factor. And like you said, it does it removes it removes the excuse. It's like taking it's like not buying the Oreos any, anymore and having them in the house. Like there are things that are good for you to do 
because you're your own worst enemy sometimes. Exactly. And I think that thinking about travel that way, because really travel is one of those things that for a lot of people, they could really enhance their quality of life if they would get out there and go go somewhere that they've been longing to go to. Or even if it's not somewhere that you're longing to, maybe you just see a good price to somewhere that, hey, I think this is cool. Let's I've never try. thought about this. Like, right. I didn't know anything. I mean, that happened with me with a few different places. Like, I didn't know about the country of Georgia two, three years ago. I went, yeah. best place I've ever been. Yeah. And I will rave about it and throw it in. I'm trying to make sure it gets in every... Well, I don't even try to make sure, but it gets in... Every find podcast. its way in every podcast. Yeah. Because... <laughs> I just, I'm like, yeah, cool. Heard some good things. Went, I did know. it. I, I, I was so shocked when Trav didn't even know where uh, the, the Georgia was a state, and he just never, he never even knew. <laughs> that, that. I, mean, I went, I went to the Coca Cola bottling plant, and it was so amazing. Um, I, I'm with you, Naps, 100, percent and I think that that is the, that's the essence of what we're talking about here. I mean, we're given a lot of very, you know, I know this podcast has been a little more like boom, 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 teaching versus yeah, yeah. inspirational and aspirational. But I will say that I've seen every type of person come through boot camp or come through our site, listen to our podcast and start using frequent fire miles from the people who are super skeptical and uh-huh. only going to travel once or twice a year. My dad, great example. Yep. He was like, I don't know. You're telling me open credit card. What's going on here? My yep. mom was like, yep. I'll listen to whatever you say, Trap. Right. And then they <laughs> flew over to Japan first class and he texted me from the lounge as they were right before they got on to go home first class. And he's sitting there in pajamas with like a <laughs> bottle of champagne. And he goes... So what's the card I'm getting when I get home? <laughs> and so like, you know, from the super skeptical to and only traveling a few times a year, like my parents or once a year for these big trips to the people who are gung ho all about it, want to become nomadic and traveling around the world. And, and they never stop traveling to everyone in between couples, single people, families, literally every ilk of person. I've seen it work for. And that's what I love is that it, it's not like, oh, you only should do this if you're going to travel six times a year right. and you have a location independent business right, and you want right. to go to far-flung international places. It's like, hey, you just want to go to Cleveland, Ohio twice a year or Manchester, New Hampshire because family's up there. And I mean, I, I can't tell you actually, uh, some of the most important flights we've been able to take with frequent fire miles have been day of flights from Philly to Manchester, New Hampshire when when heather's father was sick and we're like hey we don't want to get in a car and have to drive eight hours we got to the philly airport we booked that ticket day of it's happened a few times and we were up in manchester new hampshire in an hour and a half and you know it cost us five dollars right that and, fle- that flexibility so that's another you know travel is travel is a um is also an important way of, of connecting with with people and um, people you know and people you you don't yet know right that you're and, gonna meet and in the case of of family uh, when people are in need of you, of your presence, when you need to be somewhere, I don't often think about using my. I, I usually think about using miles to get yeah, like my fun, fun yeah, location. Sure, but there are times when uh, you get stuck and you want to be across the country because someone you love is in need there, and uh, that that really, I mean, that sound it sounds like uh, sounds melodramatic, but I actually think. It's it's a it's a really um, responsible. It could be a really responsible way of being prepared for um, for stuff that might happen. Right. I, it it literally just happened this week as we're sitting here recording it. Heather's sister lives down in Nashville, 
and their their dad wasn't doing well um and she wanted to come up from nashville to see him and yeah. so i booked her flight that day i got on uh it was 8 a.m and i was like you got to be at the nashville airport your flight leaves at 11 a.m yeah she flew up it cost us five dollars she flew nice. up she was there um we booked her flight back but then we want to stay longer so we canceled it you know it only cost us five dollars to cancel and we just today before we recorded this booked her in a flight back to to Nashville, to Nashville. now. So it's like it's not always these far flung exotic things. Of course, we use them for that too. But there is so, and practical, I, I I think of practical. it like to me, it's commonplace that I did that. But those flights would have cost her. I mean, la- day of flight that day was like it, we looked. It was like two hundred and eighty bucks one way up, and then it was going to be like two hundred and twenty bucks back. Yeah. So that would have been five hundred bucks to come up and, and see your dad when we could hop on very easily. And it's not always perfect. Like, you're not always finding availability, but you know if you know the best miles to use. And I was using British Airways, and like I right. said, they're super good for certain things, and this is what they're good for. Um, you know, I was able to pay essentially 10 bucks yeah um and what would have cost her 500 and if it cost 500 she probably wasn't coming up right right so, and 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 yeah that's that's invaluable to her yeah and to the family and i didn't even think about it until we just started talking because again right. i just hopped on was like three minutes get to the airport your flight and i take it for granted too because i'm around you yeah so i i i mean i always think it's awesome because i think wow that's i mean i it's not i don't probably don't take it as for granted as much as you may but um, I still do take it somewhat for granted, and I realized just when you were talking about it that it is it's a responsible. It can be a responsible way of being prepared for emergencies, as well as being ready to do what's good for you and get out there and travel. Um, and 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 sometimes that is like the best thing too. If you even if you don't have emergency, and you're like, hey, this weekend I want to get away. Yeah. Or, or this week, I've got yeah. a four-day weekend. I want to get yeah. away. Oh, my gosh. I could hop on a flight using my Southwest points or my British Airway points or whatever, and I could go down to Florida. Or I could go down to New Orleans. Like, we've done that for three days just to right. get, like, just get, get away. away. Get down to somewhere where it's warmer wanna or whatever get away. I feel like want. a Southwest courier. Yeah, exactly. Want to get away? Only $79 yeah. on Southwest. Bags fly free. <laughs> but it, it is. It's true. It's opened up a world of possibilities. And well, it's and not that's it. like, always the crazy exotic stuff. Right. Although and, it is a lot of times, which is cool, too. And, I mean, a lot of, like, teachers, they four-day weekends. But you're not going to pay 600 bucks to go somewhere um, for four days. But if you can pay five bucks, you're going to go or hopefully you're going to be able to get away, go down to the islands, go down to the Keys, do something that refreshes you and, and you know, revives you from the day to day or the winters of the Northeast or whatever. I mean, those are things that can make a big difference. Oh, the winters of the Northeast coming they're, in they're hard and heavy in. Today tonight. Today is the first day. They're on my mind because it is cold out there. It is. It and is rainy cold. and it's my least kind of favorite kind of weather. I think we have a lot of, um, not a lot, but we have a, a few well, uh, odds and ends, like miscellaneous questions here that, that are, I think, of interest. Yeah, let's tie up the the, the loose ends here. I, I'm with you. Let's tie up a few. We can do some rapid fire questions here. Um, right. just because just we get these, yeah. Go Expiration. Ahead. What happens? Do they expire? Do they do they get bad? Do they go bad if I okay. don't keep them in the fridge? So, do your frequent fire miles expire? Um, or what can you do if they're going to expire? the The answer is most miles and points will expire at some point. Now, but this is a good thing. Uh, they all have an expiration on them. I think I I can't think of any points that have none. But so most will, and it's usually eighteen to twenty four months. 
now. But there's a good thing about Ooh, this. That's too quick. So, yeah, that's so you're sitting quick. there thinking like, dude, I, I what if I'm not going to use them in 18 months? Trav, how do you have all these millions of frequent fire miles like if, if they expire? The good thing is 90, I'd say 95% of programs, whether it be airlines or bank reward points or hotel programs, the miles will not expire if there is activity in the account. So if if you get, let's say today, napkins, you got 100,000 American Airlines miles. And you're like, cool, I got 100,000 American Airlines miles in my account today. This is great. I, and, and then, you know, you, and let's say, I'm not sure if American Airlines is 18 or 24 months. Let's say they're 18 months. So let's say it's 17 months. You're like, well, I even still haven't used them and I don't want them to expire. All you have to do is have activity in your account and it resets the clock. So it's 18 months from the last activity. Activity means you could book a flight with them. So let's say you have 100,000 and you don't do anything. Activity would be subtracting or adding to that in some way. So if you add, if you subtract to it, it could be by booking a flight. So you've reset your counter because you use 20,000 to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it starts from when your last activity was. So it's not... So now you're back to zero months and you're mm-hmm. counting up again. Mm-hmm. Makes sense with the resetting? It does. It does. It's just a little... The, 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 the practicality of that is, I think, for some people, uh, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend 20000 and go. Okay. Right. But does the resetting the counter thing make it sense? T- it makes... Li- gotcha. Yeah, it makes li- so, logical sense. So, sure. so the flight is one way, booking something with it. But there's a lot of other ways because some people are saying, I'm not going to book a flight. Right. You can use your miles to buy magazines. I've had to do this once. You go on and you get a magazine subscription for like 500 miles, 1,000 miles. Really? And it resets the counter. If you have activity... Good, good yeah, tip. Yeah, exactly. If you have activity the other way where you're earning miles... That resets it too. So if you have that okay. credit card, you're probably earning miles because you're using. That's it. the most practical way, right? I think is right. because you're going to be that's that's a day to day thing. That is now if you have a lot of credit cards though, like I told you, I only use two or three. So there's a lot of credit cards that I don't use that, that are sitting there. So I could pull it out and use it, which I and I set it to auto pay. So if I do have to do that, then it gets paid and I don't forget about signing into that account. Or but there's other things you could do. Um, you could go through the shopping portal. So you could go into American Airlines shopping uh, portal yes. and just buy one thing through there and get like 50 points and it resets it. Okay. So if you're really hard up against it, you can either use the credit card to buy something if you have a credit card that's tied to that. If you don't, you could go through a shopping portal. Um, just know that sometimes shopping portal points and even when you buy stuff on a credit card, those could take six to eight weeks to post on your account. So like, okay. don't do it the day before. Okay. Okay. You, you do it like a couple months in advance, but you could also use it. If you're really hard up against it, you could use it to buy like a magazine or a gift card or something like that, because that will post pretty much right away. Cause they're taking it out. Or call so a friend happens. and see if they, they'd like it. Yeah. Or, or a book someone a flight. flight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yes, they expire, but thankfully it, the counter resets when you have any activity, so you can do things to make sure they don't expire yeah. like that. Okay, well that's really that's really great because um, I I remember you exp- explained that to me before, and I don't know that I let that sink in because I've had kind of this nebulous idea of like, well, what happens if they expire in my head? Right. And I remember you had said maybe briefly, and I, that 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 there were ways to pretty practical ways of yeah. making sure that you, you that they don't, or the making sure that you that you keep it active. Right. 
And but that that's a great refresher because that's that's one of those things that can that can be an excuse. Like I just can't keep up with it. Right. But those are some pretty simple ways to keep up with, especially the cre- using the credit card because that's that's my primary way of generating miles for myself. Right. And if you only have a few credit cards, and then that's easy. If you have mm-hmm. like thirty or forty, getting to our next question, then you're probably not going to go and use all right. of them. Do something else. To, to keep those miles fresh. Right. And I mean, it's worth it. I mean, a, a, a magazine subscription for 500 points uh, to keep the rest of those 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 100,000 points, I mean... No-brainer. 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 I remember when you first started this, um, you started getting so many credit cards, and I started thinking... And, and you had, had, like me, hadn't had credit cards growing up. Right, I had zero. Because, you know, your, your family is extremely, uh, extremely good with money. And, I, you know, getting yourself in debt is just not something that we think we we don't want to do that. Right. And I didn't I didn't do the same thing. And it wasn't until you got two thousand credit cards <laughs> that I realized I better get one. But um, yeah. So how many credit cards? Is there too many credit cards? How many credit cards is too many? And for the people out there who are wisely and I I personally. I don't speak for EPOP, but I personally commend you if you're careful with your credit, if you're making sure that it's not... Um, well, you can speak for EPOP if you're saying that. I know. you're commending people know. for taking you're care of right. credit. I'm just making sure that... Because I, I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, I, yes. It, so again, I had zero when I first started this to my name. I had never even opened up like a gas credit card or store credit right. card for Target or anything like that. I always that. said no. Um, yeah. Um, so with credit cards, what I always say is, you know, everyone should know this already, but you sh- you cannot carry a balance and have this work for you. Yeah. If you're paying interest, it, it, you're you're ruining all the good stuff that you're getting from the mouth. So sure. pay it off in full. And every, maybe every, digging every, a, a nasty hole right, for yourself. Right, right. So pay it off in full every single month. I put all mine to auto pay, and then I don't have to worry about it. As soon as you told me that, I I was I was sold. I was nervous, but I was sold because. And then I saw your database. You had like a. You had like an Excel sheet of like all of your cards, right. all of the data to make sure that you were being a good steward of these of these credit right. these, these and, credit lines. And it kind of boils down to, to, to right. And and it doesn't have to be a crazy spreadsheet. So people have asked me for that since then. I give it out to the boot campers and all and just auto it, pay. It doesn't have to be as crazy as that, but right. yeah, you want it you want to make sure you auto pay. Um or pay it off in full. You don't have to auto pay, but I say it to auto pay. pay it in full. And the other big thing is Make sure that you're not just spending on things that you wouldn't spend on normally. Like just yeah. if you have a credit card, it doesn't mean you should go buy a new TV and <laughs> right, a puppy right. and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, you know You can. So you so that's like that's the piece of advice. As far as how many are too many, if you follow these three rules, then there is none that are too many. One, rule number one, start slow. Okay, so I told you I got one Alaskan Airlines miles card, and then I and then I opened up another three months later. And then I opened up another three months later. And so like now at this point, I probably have 40 or 50 credit cards open. But I only use three as my everyday spend ones. Uh-huh. The other ones sit there and they just, they don't get used. Yeah. So they're set to auto pay in case like the annual fee comes up or something, but yeah. they just sit there. Um, so I only use a few, so I only have to monitor a few. Okay. So one is start slowly don't jump in, make sure that you're paying it all off, all that kind of thing. Rule number two is that you only want to do what you feel comfortable with, okay? And this means for the minimum spend requirements and everything like that. So to get those big bonus points, 
uh, you know, 100,000 miles, you're going to get to sign up, but you have to spend 5,000 in yeah. the first three months. If you can't spend 5,000 in the first three months, no, don't naturally, like normally, not going and buying mm-hmm. stuff that you need don't to, need. don't need, but if you're like normally not spending 5,000 in three months, right, right, right. or you, or there isn't a big purchase that you have coming out coming that you're going to make anyway, don't get it. Because if you don't hit the minimum spend, they will not give you the points. Right. And then you just screwed yourself for the future because... You're spending you, all this money you didn't have to yeah. or didn't need to spend. And, and you won't get in the future, if you try to get that card and get the bonus, they'll oh, say, right. no, you, you got this card already. Right, so, right. So only get the ones that you feel comfortable with with the minimum spend requirements. And also, I said start slow. Only if you are someone who only wants one or two cards, that's fine. You don't have to get 10 or 15 or 30 or 40. You can still get a great yield off right, of that. Right, exactly. So rule two, only do what you feel comfortable with. And the third rule is to constantly, constantly monitor your credit score. Credit Karma, creditsesame.com, totally free resources. Don't buy anything that like to all pop ups like you can get this and this and this. Just sign up for a free account. They give you uh, your credit scores. If you're over 700, you're usually going to get approved for the best credit cards. Um, continue to monitor it. It's not hard to do. They, they, like they send me every month, they send me like, oh, check your credit score this month. I click on it, I go and I look at it because I. Um, and that's I, a soft check, right? That's a soft check. So it's not going to ding your credit score or anything like that because they're actually just giving you approximations. Right. I don't want to get too far into that, but it gives you a very good approximation of what your actual credit score or credit report is going to be. Um, so you go and you do that and um, and you just monitor because what's going to happen is, A, you want to keep it over 700. There are plenty of times that stuff goes on people's credit report that isn't theirs. I had this happen to me and I read a report that said, 65 or 70 percent of people will have something erroneous on their credit report really because it's only people putting stuff in a database right, right. so like people mess up hit the wrong not number right whatever so i had this thing a, a collection on there that i wouldn't have known if i wasn't monitoring from verizon wireless i've never had a verizon wireless account in my life it's a couple of years ago i got it taken off because i got you know i had to fill out these forms and say why it wasn't mine but the point is if i didn't monitor that would have been on there would have went to, to yeah, a collection that's, that's or was to a collection would have cr- crapped out my credit score and i would have had a fight to get it back so just continue to monitor so if you follow those three rules of starting slow doing what you feel comfortable with especially with minimum spends and number of cards and monitoring your credit score then there isn't any that are too many because if you're doing that and keeping it up yeah you're fine yeah so I don't. I hate to put in like everyone wants a number, but I can't say, oh man, ten. Mm-hmm. Like ten, you shouldn't have more than ten because I have more than ten. But there are some people who shouldn't have more than ten. Sure, they probably shouldn't have more than five, right, or two, right. So it's going to depend on how you are. But you follow those three rules, then you're fine, right. And if you're someone who then gets into it, like me, and you want more cards, and you're and you're right staying on top of it and things like that cool if you're someone who's like hey like my parents I just want a few cards i want the big bonuses mm-hmm. i'm only gonna travel here and there yep. that's fine yep that's cool too yeah yeah you can you can you can you can go as deep into this as you would like and you're gonna reap rewards equal to, to how how much you do right but um if you're someone who's wary of it like you said start slow maybe you'll find that you can handle more as you go or maybe you'll find that two is enough and um right. and that you can make the best out of that and still get be able to buy your sister in law uh, a tick an emergency ticket and still be able to take your dream vacations i think you could probably do that i mean i i thinking about what my family's done um, we could probably do that with just the two cards that we that we have at and, this point, and I and I plan on on getting more, um, because I think that I could handle more at this point. But it took me getting used to the one, and um, and plus I had to build my score up. My score was uh, it was fine, 
but it wasn't there wasn't enough i, I you yeah know, you you just you suffered I, from a lack of credit history. exactly all Same, i had so was, did i in no the no yeah i i didn't have a history so i mean you know student loans was it so it was healthy it was it was healthy but it wasn't there wasn't a there wasn't much of a history right wasn't variety to it right so uh not to uh get get yeah. into my personal well, credit no, history, but i mean but. I, that's a great example you're like i'm comfortable with one i've had one for a couple of years i might get another one but i'm taking it really 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 slow and yeah. that's what i love and i about, knew i needed to yeah and that's what i love about the freaking fire mile game and this whole thing and and we've talked about who boot camp is for and things like that is it really is it, it's not like you have to take the people and fit them into the lifestyle you fit the lifestyle and the the game maybe we call it freaking fire yeah, miles, yeah. and all that around them because it really is a one size fits all because you're saying hey you only want one or two cool but you should be getting the right one or two and you should be using those miles in the best ways hey you want 20 and you've shown that your credit is really good and you're and you're more advanced and things like that cool well now we're going to talk about crazy stuff in boot camp of like how to take three vacations for the price of one and fuel surcharges and open jaws and stopovers all these like very advanced things that are going to you know, I said before, hey, you know, I could sit you down in four or five hours, get you to like the 80%. And then it's like, hey, I'm going to take you to like the 20. The re- so like the beginning of boot camp takes you at 80%. I'm going to give you that advanced stuff that takes you the extra 20 that you're going to find ways that, hey, you can fly and you can do a trip like I did, like Japan to um, to Singapore, down to uh, Bali, over to India, back to Japan, and then the U.S., all for the <laughs> price of like what it would cost you to go Japan to the U.S., right? Yeah, because yeah. I like tacked all these together and got right. really into it. So right. that's and it, what I love. And loved. that becomes part of the fun of travel is, right. is, is, is playing that game. Right. And, and so and being strategic. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's definitely a program and the whole, the whole freaking fire mile world and travel hacking world as a whole, but especially boot camp, we've tailored to say like it's going to fit whatever it is that you want to do. And that's the beauty of it because everyone has different travel goals. Everyone has different, you know, aspirations of where they mm-hmm. want to go, how many miles they want. Schedules. They want to travel business class, like use their miles on business class, which mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about. But that's kind of one of the huge things about frequent five miles is like, dude, you're going to pay like 10 grand out of pocket for business class. No, but you could probably pay double the miles and get in business class mm-hmm. and take that flight. Mm-hmm. So some people want to treat themselves. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm only going one a year. I'm going to fly. I'm right. going to try to fly business class. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, I want three flights in economy because I want to travel more. Sure. So it's just it's one of those awesome things. Yeah. So, um, couple more, couple more uh, closer questions. So, so I have a bunch of miles. Can I transfer them to somebody else? Okay. Yeah. Let's end on these these two questions. Yeah, they kind of go and, hand and in the hand. next one. Go ahead, give us the next one. So the next one is, can I and should I buy miles? Right. Should you buy miles? So can you transfer and should you buy? The answer to both, or sh- let's say, can you do these things? Can you transfer and can you buy? The answer is yes. Should you transfer and should you buy? The answer is almost always no. Yeah. Um, they will. I got this question in our in our Facebook group actually two days ago. Someone was like, "Oh, oh no!" It was during our um, travel hacking masterclass. Someone said, "Hey, uh, should I have should I transfer my wife's miles into my account?" And I was like, "No," because usually they charge you an arm and a leg. So. Essentially, to transfer miles, so let's say I want to transfer into Heather's account. Yeah. They charge me essentially the same amount as it would cost me to buy the miles myself. So uh-huh. I'm not getting any more miles. So buying miles itself is a bad deal. Transferring miles, usually even worse, because you're not getting any more. You're just giving someone them, but they're charging you for the for the 
you know, convenience of transferring in miles. Yeah, yeah. So usually you should not transfer or buy miles unless, let's say you want to go to Europe and you need 60,000 miles and you're at like 57,000. Then you might want to go on and buy 3,000 miles and it's probably going to cost you like 70 bucks. But like if it gets you to that level where you're topping off, maybe then you do it. And you may still be saving money. Right, and you if, may still be saving money. If you're not, what's the point? Right, so you usually should not transfer or buy miles. That being said, what's pretty cool is that you can use your frequent fire miles to book a flight for anyone. So if you wanted to book a flight for your favorite travel podcaster or favorite travel podcaster recurring guest host, Napkins, <laughs> hashtag love napkins, then you could you could book us a flight with your miles. So yeah. that's why transferring, even though it sucks that they charge you to transfer, it's not that big of a deal because if you have enough in your account... Just so book a flight. Just book a flight for that other person. Yeah. So let's say I had 60000 and you had 60,000 mm-hmm. your account napkins. Well, instead of you transferring 60 to me and me having 120 and me booking for both of us, you would book for yourself and I would book for myself. Yeah. Or if you had 60,000 and I didn't and you wanted to book a flight for me, you would just use your miles to book me a flight. Yeah. So you do not have to be traveling on the flight that you book. You could book it for anyone. Yeah. Um, which I've, like I said, I just did the, today with British Airways and bring, and bring uh, my sister-in-law up and things like that. So, um, even though buy so transferring and buying miles usually awful, and I, I I like ending on this because people are like, oh, this sounds like a kind of a good deal. No, it's it's usually an awful deal. It would be like those sixty thousand points to fly to Europe would probably cost you. It depends on the airline. Maybe two thousand dollars to buy. You can usually fly to Europe for like seven hundred, eight hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just to put it in perspective, a little. Yeah, bit. that's important. So don't buy or transfer miles unless you're topping off, but you can use your miles to book for someone else. Yeah. So, um, and that's what I did when I got my parents on the bandwagon. So people, re- another, la- I promise, last question. People say, "Oh, well, like I'm really into this, but my spouse or partner or friend or whatever isn't. Like, how do I get them on board?" And my piece of advice is usually. Show them what's possible. Yeah. Get them a flight or or brag about your flight and show them that, you know, if you like don't have enough to get them a flight, uh-huh. sh- take a trip and be like, look at this. I paid five bucks. Here's my receipt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, show them what's possible because people are skeptical and that's fine. I'd rather them be skeptical, overly skeptical than, than like, oh, no, this is so easy. I'm just going to jump in and, right. and have blinders on. But yeah, that's what I do with my parents. Um, and I booked my parents first class to Japan and my dad's like, you know, are sold. Yeah. Sold and getting cards and has a bunch of miles and now he might book me flights and I book him flights and we both book our, my sister flights and things yeah. like that. So, oh man, the network, the network, the network, the, the sharing network. network. So funny enough, we thought that this, we would get this podcast <laughs> in. I said I it before. Every single time we do a podcast together, we're like, yeah, this will take a half an hour, 40 minutes. I said this before. Hey, I think we can get this in in 40 minutes, maybe even less. And we both like, yeah, 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 that'd be fine. And now Napkin just completely finished his glass of wine. So we have to go <laughs> refresh that. I am completely finished my jug of water. He has no more chocolate, no more wine. No, no. So we're going to have to wrap this up. But um, I, I think we hit on a lot of, of different interesting points, a very good overview of... I think so too. Miles. I'm definitely gonna uh, as soon as this gets uh, gets out there, I'm gonna be re-listening to it to catch some of the things that I that I missed. Yeah, and if you guys do have questions, of course, um, tweet us at Pack of Peanuts. Uh, if you like this show and you like this format, it's a little different than what we do with with questions. We didn't want it to be like question one, question two, question three, like a question and an answer. Boom, boom, boom. We want to have more of a conversation. But if you like this idea 
uh, of us kind of diving into reader questions, because that's essentially what, and listener questions. Just two friends discussing specific questions. <laughs> that's right. If you like that, let us know. Tweet us, at Pack of Peanuts. Of course, if you love having napkins on the show, hashtag it, love <laughs> napkins. Uh, we'll show him all the love there. Don't forget, too, we are having our Frequent Flyer Bootcamp course, our brand new Every video is reshot, redone, professionally edited. It's going to be awesome. I'm super excited about it. Our Frequent Flyer Bootcamp course 2.0 will be coming out hopefully on Black Friday. So you'll be seeing stuff about that in your email. So make sure you check that. We'll be talking about it on the podcast, but you know, we don't like we're not going to be just talking about that on the podcast. So make sure if you're yeah. not on the email list, go to extrapackofpeanuts.com, sign up for the email list. And that's how we like to stay in touch with you that way. Um, and that will be coming out. And we're going to be do, hopefully doing some cool stuff. If it can get done by Black Friday, we've got some cool stuff. I hope it does. Um, I hope it does. Sleep. I can't believe that. I mean, Trav, can you believe that? I mean, if you're listening to this in a couple months from now, it'll be lame to talk about this. But can you believe it's like already almost the holidays? I, I cannot. It's shocking. It's it's shocking. We're sitting here recording November I, November 7th. Yeah. We're putting this out November 8th. So yeah, if you're listening live, as, as a lot of you do right when it comes out, um, it's holiday season and we're super excited and that's why we wanted to get this Frequent Fire Bootcamp course out to you because a lot of people start at the end of this year, start like thinking about travel. Thinking about it, setting mm-hmm. goals, you know, New Year's resolutions. A lot of people, I want to travel more. Those 330 days ahead are coming up, up really quickly. That's that's right. So um, we'll be telling you about Frequent Fire Bootcamp for sure. So check your email. We'll also be putting it out on our Facebook page. But but make sure you're in tune with us because we won't mention it on the podcast, but we're not going to s- slam it down your throat or anything like that. So just make sure there's a way that you're in touch with us. Um, don't forget, too, if you are traveling, naps. I mean, I love just carry on. I love my Tortuga backpack. Check them out. I know you do. Tortugabackpacks.com. Use that promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital. That gets you 10% off. And uh, yeah, I just, this yeah. is crazy. I can't believe it went this long. Yeah. Before we sign off, I want to say one of the things that I was just thinking about that I really appreciate about EPOP and about, you know, I, about you and um, Heather is that you have found a way uh, to make travel a continuing presence in people's lives. Like you teach them how to th- make travel a, a way of life. And it becomes part of their lives in a way that's practical, and and it adds to it. It's, it's not it's not it, it's not laborious. It's fun, and so people people can be, and and it needs to be because you need you need to, you can't just not everybody can just pick up and leave next weekend. Right. At least not in the beginning. And As, now that we have an eight day old, right? Not right. us either. He's going to be location independent within weeks, though. That's right. I, I, that's I know right. it. So, um, but but I mean, it's just it's cool because you you find a way to you do a lot of the work. And you personally, you guys do a lot of the work, and then you find a way to to get people to understand that this can fit their lifestyle, that they can make a few changes that that they stay consistent with, and they can find themselves traveling uh, for a lot less, yeah, and and traveling at all for those people that you know, so many people just don't do it because they just can't see how to do it. Yeah, I, and, I'm with you. Anyway. Well, that's our life goal. Yeah. I, I mean, that has been our goal, and it's been our goal for the last, what has it been, almost almost six years that right. we've had the site. Um, so that has been our goal, and I'm glad that it's it's helped you, Naps, and a bunch of other mm-hmm. people, and mm-hmm. hundreds of people who have gone through boot camp, and hundreds of thousands of people who have listened to the podcast and who have been to the site. It's just, it's pretty awesome. So yeah. Yeah, if you learned something new today, I, I always like this too. If you were listening to this one, um, definitely shoot us an email or tweet us at Pack of Peanuts. Let us know what's one or two pieces of 
that you learned today that you didn't know before. Yeah. Like there was a little nuggets because again, you're not gonna you're not gonna have it all in your head. You're not gonna listen to this and all of a sudden. It's like a chip and oh, we've been playing it. And you know everything, but you're gonna. It's there for and it's and then it'll get refreshed as you listen to more podcasts and if you go through boot camp, if you read our site, like it'll continue to get refreshed. But what's a nugget or two that you gleaned from um, today? Let us know. And if we have been able to help you with travel, of course, yeah, tweet us, send us a picture of where you've and been. And questions fun. we might have missed that we can add That's to the right. next podcast. That's right. So today was really fun. It is just a, yeah, it's a good general overview of what yeah. we do in boot camp. Like we try to touch on a, a bunch of topics around it. We dive a lot deeper in boot camp. Of course, we get into the more advanced stuff and mm-hmm. we actually show you, not just tell you, like in the podcast, you're listening to it. Boot camp, you're like seeing me do it on the screen mm-hmm. or you're hearing me draw or watching me draw it on a whiteboard or things like that. So if you are interested, uh, make sure you check that out. And uh, thank you guys, as always, for the continued support, for listening to this this lengthy podcast, one yes. of the longest ones we've ever had, maybe the longest off the check. I feel like that that's how everyone that I'm on ends with you saying this might be the longest podcast ever. I'm sorry about that. I'm, no, a, I, I'm a blowhard, listen, I guess. A long, we don't long set winded. a time limit for a reason because if it, if it's good, it's good. Yeah, and people will find we'll time leave it to up listen to, them to it to, to, to tell us. Yeah, and maybe it'll be on your commute to work and from work or, mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that, or maybe it's two days in a row. Um, so thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, thank you uh, for the continued support. As always, it makes us the number one rated travel podcast on I- iTunes. Uh, hashtag love napkins. Thanks for coming on again, napkins. Super fun. My pleasure. I got to fill you up with a little more wine now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, until next time, guys, happy, happy free, free travels. travels.